Bullshit. I like sucking. Penis. Legit bad podcast. Yeah, right. Uh, I work with retards. Welcome to Costco. I love you. This guy's a faggot. Welcome back to Legit Bat. We have a truth seeker on today. Hello to the live chat crew, whoever's in there right now. I don't see anybody yet, but that's fine. Uh, if, it's, if it's your first time, I'm Joe. This is Jen with me. That's such a... Hi. Hi. And Ben's over there on the screen. Hi, Ben. Glad you could make it. Yeah, oh. Fuck. Yeah, your mic might be fucked up. Hang on. Mm. What? Every time we go live. Yep, it is. All right. Every it's not even live. It's just Zoom is stupid. Yeah. Okay. So hi. There, there you go. All right. Yeah. Every time we turn on Zoom, my mic turns off. It switches to a different uh, input or something. It, it never used to do that either. After that last update that Zoom did, it decided to do that. But anyway, that's <laughs> fun. Yes. Yeah. Bacon Tacitus in the uh, the chat says bacon. Yeah. Bacon rules. Love bacon. Janet, what's up? Janet's in the chat. Hello. Anyway, for the audio listeners, you know, you can check out all of our videos on Rockfin. I recommend it because it uh, sends money to us. No, I'm just kidding. But if you, a lot of the times we share screens. So if you want to see the pictures we're showing, especially when we do the uh, Tartaria and uh, World's Fairs, all that kind of stuff, it's very helpful to see the screen. And all of our shows are live stream free. They're all free. Except for the Planet Retard update, which we just did. Uh, and then I put it behind a paywall after like a week or two. So it's, everything's free. It's fine. You can come, just come over and get off YouTube. Fuck YouTube. Fuck off. Yeah. Anyway, we're going to introduce Truth Seeko. Dude, how's it going? It's going well. How are you guys? Good. Started off with uh, just telling us a little bit about yourself and your show and how you got into this whole podcasting thing. For sure, for sure. Um, so I'm a um, hip hop artist and um, do spiritual esoteric hip hop and uh, talk about spirituality and try to articulate it in with uh, cool words. I'm also an author. You know, I, I write about a lot of the stuff that I've experienced and spiritual truths and paranormal stuff, mysticism, all of that good stuff. And then do my podcast and it's all the, the same content just looking for different ways to articulate you know these beautiful truths that i've learned so um you know i've been been in this my whole life you know just being an experiencer dating it back to when i was just a child having a paranormal experience waking up in the middle of the night and having the shadow beings in my room and stuff like that and something like that happened when i was like four years old and i felt like it marked me to uh just just to explore, to be interested in those subjects as a adolescence, a teenager, just being into those movies and paranormal and um, the occult and stuff like that early on. So, you know, tracing experiences back to something like that and then that getting me into other things as a teenager, um, everything comes full circle to be an adult now and, and doing this stuff uh, for a living, just being my, my, my calling to, uh, to explore you know, the unseen realms and explore mysticism. And I've, I've been in, in so many different um, 
religious backgrounds and, and beliefs and studies and stuff like that throughout my life. And kind of everything's kind of come full circle to be able to sit down and talk to people from different walks of life and different perspectives who have had similar encounters and probably hold a piece of the puzzle about what's going on. Why are we here and exploring spirituality and, um, you know, the, the beauty thereof. So that's what I've been doing on my podcast, the truth seeker podcast. And again, my music, my books and everything that I bring to the table. That's awesome. So when I first saw Christian mystic, uh, first of all, shout out to, uh, Micah Dank. He wanted to give a shout out sure. because he hooked you up with us. So thank He's you. He's the OG. Shout out to Micah Dank. He hooked me up with uh, Coast to Coast AM too. I'm going to be going on there Friday. So super shout right. out to, to Micah Dank. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Now it's funny because he sent me your uh, info and I'm like, dude, I've subscribed to that dude for like a year and a half. I didn't know you were friends. That's awesome. So it's awesome to have yeah. you on. I found you out of, you know, however you find podcasts. I found you a couple <laughs> years ago and yeah, it's crazy, crazy the amount of people we've been able to talk to. But so Christian Mystic, what is that? Because that seems like a contradiction in terms to me and to most fundamentalist <laughs> Christians, that would seem like a contradiction. So what describe that in your own words? Yeah, um, man, that's uh, ever evolving um, title, I guess. For me, it's really it's it's a cool, cool title. Right. I'm a Christian. That's my foundation of of uh, into spirituality is being a Christian. Right. And uh, so I guess I guess the mystic side comes in for me as uh, it opens up. It's not limited to fundamental Christianity. It's open to explore exploration um, with things that fundamental Christians would say are outside of the box of Christianity, you know, um, spirituality, forms Aliens. of occultism, uh, magic mushrooms, you know what I'm saying? Um, those things. So for me, it's 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 the greater contemplation to say I am a Christian. That is my foundation of having a modality, you know, of rules and regulations and uh, forms and things like that to study and to seek and to practice. But uh, but it's not limited to those things. So for me, the, that's where the mystic side comes in. But but honestly, you know, I, I think that uh, that uh, a true Christian, even with that first title, Christian and Christian mystic is. I think that every Christian should be a mystic. I think that the people of the Bible were very spiritual, were, were mystics, and they were involved in contemplation and had far out encounters with, with angels and um, spirits and casting out demons and voices speaking to them and waking them up in the middle of the night through dreams, telling them what to do the next day. Very much so like a staple in the mystical experiences like within the Christian Bible. But fundamental Christianity for the most part is kind of given that away to the other religions or given that away to new age or whatever, but there's some far out stuff within the scriptures that I've, I've come to, to, to study and, and, and experience myself as a, as a believer. And uh, so I don't think that a lot of the things, again, we would, we would give to these other, you know, we'd call it new age, just very scriptural going in and out of trances. And like I said, speaking with angels and things like that. So um, that yeah, the, the term Christian funny. mystic for me just encompasses a whole bunch. It's funny because, you know, like a regular Christian, you know, reads the story about a burning bush and the burning bush was talking to Abraham and that's fine. That's, they accept that all day. But if that were to happen now, they'd be like demons or, exactly. you know, see, seeing a vision, like there's it, the Bible's littered with people saying, I saw a vision of this, a, a stairway to heaven or whatever. And that's fine. We, the Christians accept that all day. But if I were to say that to 
a Christian now, they'd be like, you were high. You're <laughs> uh, possessed. Out of your mind. That's yeah. what I was just about to say. When you mentioned magic mushrooms and the other things that for the most part are generalized stories that you can read about if you've ever been to church and it doesn't really matter what denomination you can read all of these things that are based off of the Christian religion. And it's like, okay, so you'll accept everything that God made as long as it doesn't happen now. That doesn't yep. make any sense to me. Why yeah. is it not all possible? You guys preach that he works in mysterious ways. Why wouldn't you be a mystic? Well, and God used to talk to people directly back in the day, like back in the day, I mean, thousands of years ago. But if somebody were to claim God spoke to them today, it would be the same thing. They'd be like, you're out of your mind. God doesn't do that anymore. He had a cutoff date where he doesn't do that. He just kind of sits in the rafters now and watches us fuck shit up. He doesn't talk to you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's what they say. <laughs> Yeah, yes, I don't. I, I don't believe that by any. I, I think it, it keeps going. You know, again, for like a Christian perspective and and that that tradition, like like why would it why would it stop for those guys but continue for like the occult or for the Satanist? And you know, when you use it for you know, what I'm saying bad or negative, like that stuff is still at play. It's still at work. But when you use it for good then it doesn't work anymore or it's dead. You know, that's insane. Well, you know? and correct me if I'm wrong, but this goes right along the lines of Micah Dink's work where the idea of uh, astrology, astronomy, astrotheology, all of it is considered not just not a part of Christianity, but is actually separated and looked at as paganism yeah. uh, versus what the Bible teaches. Yeah. Um, that was the first thing that that we all talked about because the first, the first conversation we had with Micah um, it blew it blew all of our minds because mm. this was not just something that we walked into with much of a front and it wasn't that we weren't entertaining what he was saying it was the idea that it was so counterculture to everything that we were raised under the umbrella of of the name christianity that the yeah. idea that not only was it acceptable but it was actually a huge part of what the bible teaches that's where we went oh shit like we wouldn't have even entertained this idea prior uh, because it wasn't just that it wasn't a part of it. It was actually taught as the counterculture to Christianity, yeah. which is ridiculous. Yeah. And I think that's the interesting thing about where we are now, because that's where the, that's how the Bible's encoded in such a way that you got to dig. You yeah. can't just give it to you. Hey, man, you know, follow the stars and they're going to tell you what to do or read between the Bible, the, the, the scriptures, because there's hidden messages in it for you. Like most people don't, most Christians don't even believe that. Like there, uh -huh. there's layers to it and they're protected and it's protect astrology and astro theology. It is super real. Like it is, the, it is the mm -hmm. Bible for sure. For, for any of that stuff to make sense on any level, it has to make sense on all levels. So it has to deal with the stars. It has to deal with your anatomy. It has to deal with the spirit world. It has to deal with your psyche. It, it has to deal with the, microscopic organisms and your anatomy and everything within you. So for the, for these truths to be universal truths or universal laws, which the sun, stars, moon, planet, everything is that's universal, right? Dealing with the universe, the celestial, it's as above, so below, as within, so without, on earth as it is in heaven. So there's there's layers to it. And it's, you know, I wish we had it like they had it at first, at least dealing with the um astrology and astro theology because we've definitely lost it but there's new things that are being revealed even with 
like how deep the Bible goes, but it's protected in um, the cool thing. I believe with, with like just the Bible, it's just like, it's going to deal with your morality first. Like we got to deal with your lower animalistic nature and you got to give that up. If you don't give that up, you have no business understanding how the stars work and how angels travel back and forth through dimensions and bring messages and how they'll stop and say hello with you and conversate like the average person would if they knew that they would use it to their own demise and they would use it to keep power over people. That's why you see a lot of people who are even using the Bible, like the book of Eli, that movie and stuff where they understood it and they who who had the knowledge of the book, had the power over the people. And that, that's taken place all over the world in, in many religions, not just Christianity. Well, and I think that the idea of the, you starting from the bottom, the animalistic side, the parts that we can control if we want without hardly any effort, it's just a habit changing, if you will. I know the Bible talks about it more as a sin nature and yeah. things of that, things of that. It's like, well, that's a universal truth of transcendence. Mm-hmm. You start from the bottom and you climb the ladder. And you do it phase by phase by phase. And the cool part about that is that the more you are open to it, the more that you accept it, the easier it is to climb that next rung. Because, you know, they always say the hardest step is the first one. You take that first step dealing with your morality, which I've I've said for a long time. I said, you know, my my mom has this saying about the Bible. She says there's one interpretation, but there's many applications. And I'm like, I disagree with that 100%. We're all different. We've all had different walks of life. There are plenty of interpretational differences uh, when reading the Bible, which even opens up more of the application side of that process. And uh, the idea that you can kind of start out, I've said for years, I said, I think the the Bible is more of a guideline of morality. It is Mm -hmm. a book of wisdom. It's not necessarily something that you have to practice by law to go to heaven. Um, it's the idea that these are really good codes. And as imperfect creatures, you're never going to be able to master all those. But that doesn't mean that you don't have to try the ones that are applicable to your life. Mm-hmm. And once you've started that process, that transcendence ladder starts for you, which is different than anybody else. Yeah. Yeah. Like because you said the, uh, on earth as, as it is in heaven, uh, to most fundamentalist Christians, the hermetic axiom of as above, so below is kind of a pagan idea. But if you look at it, it's very like ubiquitous in nature. Everything is the same. There's a, it's a mirror reflection of yep. as above, so below. And the Bible actually, like you said, says that on earth as it is in heaven. That sounds like as above, so below to me. Well, God said himself in the very beginning of Genesis one, we made mankind in our image. That would be the heavenly hosts. That would be what you would consider, um, including but not limited to the principalities of the air, which is usually a reference to um, Satan, um, which I, that we could go into that with uh, Micah Dank talking about the actual creation of the I- idea of Satan versus what the Bible talks about with Lucifer than two totally separate entities. Um, but it starts out the Bible that? with that. Yeah, How do you What's feel that? about that as a Christian mystic? Uh, the difference between like the Lucifer and the Satan character. We yeah. actually were going to do a show with on that uh, next Tuesday with a dude that wrote a book about that. For sure. And, uh, and Micah Dank goes into all the other names for it too. Beelzebub. Yeah. He said, those are all separate characters. What do you, I agree with Joe. Yeah. What do you think about that? I, I, I mean, I, I say, yeah. Um, you know, they um, are, are, you know, different titles, I, I, you know, 
I don't think the Bible is talking about anybody, bro. The Bible is personifications <laughs> and archetypes. And so there is no Lucifer. There is no Lucifer. Like even if even if we was to take it literal in, in Isaiah 14, which is only mentioned you know, like, like that term is only mentioned once in, in the entire Bible. And in, in Isaiah 14, when it's talking about Lucifer, Lucifer, it wasn't talking about a man like it wasn't talking about. Um, well, actually, it was talking about a man. It wasn't talking about um, a, the devil or Satan or whatever the case is. It was using an analogy for the planet Venus being the bright morning star in the morning that it's shining in all the all of its glory. And when everyone's looking up and beholding before the rising of the sun, the, the dawn of the day star rises, that's that, that planet Venus is cast out of heaven to the earth or to hell. And the sun takes its rightful place in the sky. And so it's obviously talking about an analogy where, according to the scripture, the king of uh, Babylon had God's people, the Israelites, in bondage and was prophesied to let them go. And if you don't, this is what's going to happen to you. You see how that, that star or planet is up there in all of its glory? You see how it's cast down every day? You're going to be cast down the same way. So, you know, the term Lucifer, obviously, I say obviously, but I think, you know, most of us know that it, it is a title that means light bearer, light bringer, bringers of light. And honestly, you know, of what, what, what a Christian mystic is, I would say is a, is a true Luciferian, is a true bringer of the light, the light of Christ, the true light of the world. Christ is, is light. The light has come into the world that men would be able to see their deeds and be able to give an account and have to choose good or evil, right or wrong. You, you, it takes away the excuse that we were, that we didn't know any better. Because when we have light on that situation in our lives, we can't say that we sat in darkness and we didn't know. We didn't have an example. We didn't have somebody who showed us. But obviously, Christ, the, the light of the world, comes and gives you this example for what you said, Ben, ascension. He ascended. He came and he lived a perfect life and he forgave his enemies and those who slapped him. Instead of that animalistic nature, and if somebody slaps you, you slap them back, he turned his cheek. Somebody stole his cloak and tunic and run off. He says, listen, if they do that, give them your, you know, give, if they steal your cloak, give them your tunic also. If they make you walk with them a mile, walk with them too. And it's all of these levels of ascension, how to become light, bring light into your body. So if we're talking about what happens when you die or what happens on the other side, about going to heaven or hell, it's about becoming light. It's about attaining your light body as Christ did, because he, you know, all of the stuff in the Old Testament is all signs and symbols and analogies and titles and archetypes, personas, all of that stuff. Allegory is beautiful. It's amazing. Super deep. The New Testament of showing Christ is like walking out this process of ascension where time and time again, he could have chose evil. Time and time again, he could have dealt with his enemies. He could have did all kinds of things, but he chose love each time. And his disciple, he teaches his disciples or he teaches us like, hey, man, out of every temptation, there's a way out. You can choose love. You don't have to become a beast. You don't have to uh, be like a, an, an animal. If, if my dog is eaten and I go mess with him and try to take his food, his instinct is he's going to bite me. And it's not that he, you know, he he hates me or he's 
he wants to attack me is his, his instinct to survive and to bite and to lash out. And we all have that animalistic nature within us. So it's about transcending the Adam, the lower nature, Adam, where Adam messed up and brought the sin into creation. Christ is known as the second Adam, which gives us the, the ability, the consciousness of Christ to transcend our lower nature and not be primordial beasts led by sex and lower nature, fighting, killing, murder, all of this stuff, which was like by default as an animal. And so we get we get to rationalize like when whenever um, and, you know, your dog lashes out and bites you. That's all he thinks. He don't get to think, should I bite him? No, you're a threat to his food. Wop, got you. I'm a sl- if somebody slaps you, first instinct is to do what? Slap them back. To ascend and to get to the higher levels is to bring light. You're a light bearer. You're a light carrier. You are the light of the world. Jesus says that. First, he says, I'm the light of the world. And then later on, he goes to say, you are the light of the world because you carry this spark and this light as well within the darkness. So what is a Lucifer and what is a Satan? I think it's a very good term. It talks about Jesus being, you know, this debate, like Jesus says, Jesus is Lucifer or Jesus is the morning star or the brighter morning star or the day star. And it says, allow the day star to arise in your hearts, bring light into your heart, take away your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh that cries forth, Abba Father, like it cries out for the creator. And so that's this whole thing. That's this ascension that is from Genesis to Revelation in many different layers, but it is shrouded in very much a moral thing that anybody can do. Anybody should be able to do. Obviously, they can't. All of you know, the stuff's going on in people's minds and and saying no to that voice that's saying, hey, man, don't put your hand in the cookie jar. Don't take that money. Shut up. Once you quit telling it over and over and over again, guess what happens? It doesn't it doesn't speak anymore. Because you, 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 your conscience is seared with a hot iron. You've told it no. So there's the next thing that comes, you know, in w- whatever is lower nature or demonic or seems treacherous that nobody would do, it becomes normal. Like it becomes normal to do the thing that at first you knew that you were, you shouldn't be doing, whether, you know, and we call it sin. It's just lower nature to miss the mark, the things that are killing you, the things that are bad for you, those kind of things. So the Lucifer thing, just to circle back on that real quick, mm-hmm. like Jen Saki, uh, <laughs> it seems funny that that follows the inversion thing that we see so much nowadays with, you know, demonizing Lucifer and, oh, it's Luciferian. Yeah. And that stands to reason that is also inverted. It, instead of it being a bad thing, it's actually a good thing. And if if we were to be honest, like the things we're doing with our shows we're trying to be exactly that. We're trying to bring the light to people. We're trying to be Luciferian to people. And it sounds fucking evil because it's yeah. been you know termed like that. But I think it was interesting what you said about the rising from the lower nature. So that follows with the chakras. I'm sure you're yep. very sure that you're familiar with that. So the root chakra is the red chakra. It's the, the lowest form. It's the sex. It's the animalistic nature, all that stuff. And then as you go up through the chakras and you get to the seventh chakra, it's, the crown chakra and that's the enlightenment or the, you know, mm-hmm. and it, it's kind of characterized by like light shining out the top of your head, which is Lucifer, Luciferian shining light. So how, how does, you know, Christianity or your version of Christianity relate to things like the chakras and other Eastern ideas like that? Yeah. I mean, you got to understand that the Bible is a book of Eastern mysticism. It really is. It comes from the East. We, we, we've, 
been taught it from people from the West. And we think it's a, it was a spiritual tradition in the East and became a, a Western religion. You know, so you, you really got to look back to the East to, to get these interpretations and to actually look and see what they were doing. Um, so uh, as far as, yeah, the, the, you know, the chakra systems, like most of these religions are, are telling a very similar story about ascension and about, you know, transcending. So when you get to, to the book of Revelation, you, you hear about the seven churches and each of these seven churches had different characteristics that um, held them back. And there was ways to transcend and it was it was uh, warnings and things like that. And it's dealing with the, se the, the seven chakras. And you also had the seven uh, uh, candles or the seven the, the uh, seven flames that are upon the golden lampstand. It's the same way the the, the the flames that are within us is the chakra system. And it's so essentially just, um, I would say represents, again, you said your sexual nature, your, uh, you know, uh, basic needs, you having all of that met. And then as you ascend, you live from the heart up like Christ did, and you bring light to every one of those areas to become in alignment. And in, in order for you to ascend any, any level, seven is a key number in the scriptures. Again, uh, in, in order for you to, to ascend to one layer of revelation, you have to bring light to it. And that light is done through your good deeds, through, through prayer, through helping people. Usually what the, the way you bring light to that is when nobody's looking. It is the deeds that are done in the darkness that are going to be brought to the light. So yeah, there's, the there, there, there's, there's cycles. Yeah. There, there's, there's cycles that, that come as far as, you know, judgment to give unto men according to their deeds and according to their heart and according to the thoughts and, and what you're doing that, that nobody else can see. This, you know, the, the things that you're doing in front of people and you get credit for, like, that's good. But but that's usually your credit, like your applause from men and people think you're holy or he gave this much money or he helps at the soup kitchen. Cool. But it's usually the, the deeds that you're doing that nobody knows of. That is how you get you bring light to your body. And and it's actually going back to astro theology. Every night there's cycles. It's, it's judged in the. Um, uh, a 24-hour period as the sun makes its way through the, the different stages of darkness, which are, which are four. They're called the watches of the Lord. There's four watches, and it goes when, when the sun starts going down, and then at midnight, and then the cocks crow, and then when the sun raises. And so there's four phases that, that go on, and essentially court is, is taking place in the heavens. In the spirit world, there's, there's court, the things that you've done, the, the lies that you've told, the, the, the uh, dishonest money that you've gained, all of that stuff is brought up as an incense before heaven and courts happening. You got Jesus is, and the Holy Spirit is the advocate. You've got the prosecution. You've got Satan. You've got the uh, accuser of the brethren. It's a, hey, this guy stole when they wasn't looking. Well, you know, and he thought nobody could see him. So we need to you know, you have the witching hour is when these spirits are loosed from wherever they come from, the ethers, the spirit world. Every tradition believes at, you know, from midnight to almost four in the morning that the veil between our world and the spirit is at its thinnest. And so this, as this, this process has taken place throughout the night, things are, are, are loosed upon, upon your life. Or if you win, 
If you pass the test, then you're rewarded. You're rewarded with more light. You're rewarded with blessings. You're rewarded with a peace of mind. And the scripture says to not have an ought with your brother. Don't be angry. Don't let the sun go down on your anger to make sure that anything that you've, you've done or you've, you feel convicted of, like, hey, I shouldn't have did that. Like, that's key. That's key because the animal doesn't feel remorse after it, it kills someone. It's in their nature. But we do things and we oh, I shouldn't have did that. I need to ask for forgiveness. I need to confess. I need to do something. I mean, that's why confession is big within the scriptures, too, to get it out of you. Because if you go to bed with it and it goes before the court process, it's it spreads throughout your body like a cancer. And you got to deal with it and you got to give a recompense for that. And so that's your reward or your penalty. So that's only that's in a 24 hour period with the astrology, but it also goes for every week, every month, every year. So you got the sun, you got the moon, you got the stars and the planets that measure all of this. And um, every you, you give an account for every idle, idle word spoken, everything that every deed that was done in darkness is brought to the light. And so the idea is to be able to pass those tests when nobody's well, looking. And really quick, just to tie all this together, this goes hand in hand with the idea of uh, what the Hatter was talking about where anytime that you write you are spelling you are writing a spell when you verbalize it you are casting it this idea that everything that you do and all the metaphors that come in the bible and the idea of a 24-hour cycle being court judgment more light less light the idea of reward or uh penalty for what yeah. you've done that day it goes hand in hand with every metaphor we've, we've ever heard live every day like it's your last why because every day you have the chance to transcend just a little bit. The words that you've spoken, the deeds that you've done, that is energy. That energy gets put back into the heavens. The heavens look at it. Then they send it back based on negative or positive. All of the things that we are talking about right now, if you're, if you're a, a staunch um, traditional, let's say, shall we say, uh, Christian, all of that is very, very concrete. It's, you're, you're taking it literally. When you're talking about spirituality and you're talking about astrotheology and all of the things that we've talked about with energy, all of those things tie in together. They are not separate. They're, it's just like what you said, as above, so below. Everything that you do gets put off. Everybody's had that time where they walked into a room and the energy is just fucking weird. And a lot of time, that's one person. It's one person. And everybody's like, whoa, what, you know, why, why is it so tense in here? Well, you know, so-and-so is having a bad day or whatever. That's energy that gets put off. That is the part of you that is created by every single thing you do, whether it be spelling, casting, energy, thoughts, everything that you do is putting out an energy and that ether, whatever it is that you want to call it, that yeah. is what is being transcended up to the heavens for court, as you called it. And that the thinnest veil. It goes up, but it, what, well, I think it, it comes back. That's right. Exactly. That's the think, full think about circle. how much of that's going on that's right now. Hard. I mean, between texting and Twitter and Facebook and all these things, people are spelling all fucking day and it's just going out. They're just blah, farting shit out to the world. I mean, we do that too, but in audio form. But, you know, you, I mean, our listeners like our farts, but think about the number of people on Twitter that are just fucking constantly just blah. Twitter's a cesspool. I'm sorry. I'm not on Twitter. Fuck that place. But uh, it's terrible. That, that's where I, I feel like the age of social media has completely fucked up all, all of our energy is all day, every day. You hear spoken words and all of the energies that are coming out of that just 
word vomiting all over the place constantly. You're constantly getting that. And we all know, we all know that the news and big tech, they're always putting up the negative stuff because it's been proven that for whatever reason, whether it be our, our uh, animalistic side, our lower, our lower side, our base more uh, morality, it clings to that because it makes us feel better that we are not behaving that way. So we watch it to feel better about ourselves, but all it does is it muddies up the water in all of the energy that ends up coming out into the world, because that's what we're infusing ourselves with every day. And then what happens? We go out into the real world. And the only thing we talk about is that we end up speaking it. We end up talking about it. And it's just this negative energy constantly mm-hmm. well, that's over the, and over and over and over again. Thing. That's that we've talked about that before too. the loose harvesting. What do you feel about that stuff? I mean, are, are there actual entities out there, big tech and everything else that are just harvesting our loose and just sucking us dry like a, a D battery? I mean, some of us are triple A batteries, but you know. Yeah. I mean, you know, looking at like, is an interesting thing. This, uh, BAT basic attention tokens, right? Like companies get paid how they can hold your attention. Like I need to get you, like, I know how you browse the internet and you don't click on the beautiful stories. You click on this happened to so-and-so and you want to see it. Is there a video? Twitter doesn't have the, vi- does Reddit have the video? You know, they know our habits. So it's like, listen, we're going to give you more of what you want to see. So they're definitely getting ad spend on, on our attention, and Netflix and all of these companies are biting for our attention. Our attention is key. Our attention is huge. Where intention goes, energy flows. Like we can, we got the, we have the ability to, hey, I'm not going to pay attention to that anymore. Guess what happens? It starves out. It disappears. Like people stop going to, um, you know, Blockbuster because we didn't yeah. need it anymore. And it disappears. There's things in our lives that are happening you know, companies, we all know this, that there's things in our lives that if we quit giving it attention, it'll die. It'll starve out. It won't be able to support itself. That's the idea of certain demons or things around your auric field that, that are, are leeching off of your energy. That's what they're doing. But if you quit giving it the energy that it needs, then it's it's not going to be there because it only feeds off of this kind of, of energy. So, my idea is that demons are created for a purpose. I don't think they're even, I wouldn't even call them bad. They serve a purpose. They, you have to have consequence. You have to have, you have to have something. You have to have the, the cleanup guys. We don't like buzzards. We don't like ants. We don't like, you know, uh, whatever it is that comes and cleans the dead things off of the earth. Right. Well, Something's uh, got to absorb that bad energy and harness exactly. it. And if you have that stuff on you or around you, then they're drawn to it legally. We're talking about legal contracts. Again, what's happening in a 24-hour period? Listen, you're not cleaning yourself up. You haven't bathed yourself. You haven't washed yourself. You're still holding doubt and and grudges and unforgiveness and bitterness and resentment in your heart. And if you don't deal with it quick and it spreads, it's spreading through your body and your mind. Now it's starting to spread through your relationships. Now it's spreading to your children. Now it's spreading to any time this conversation comes up with anybody in the last 20 years, you've always made sure to take a jab, not even at that person, but somebody who resembles them, a Christian, all Christians are this. I was mugged by black guys. When I was young, I got jumped. All black people are this. 
all white people are racist, you know, all of this, we start projecting. And the interesting thing about it and the power that we have with the light that is within us, things become what we say they are. That's that's the that's the power that God gave Adam. Give it a name and it will become whatever you say it is. Which, again, goes into the spoken words become what it is. You have it starts in the mind. You speak it into existence. Um, I heard a saying a long time ago, you might be the only Bible a person ever reads. Yeah. And some of that kind of goes into the idea of how you how you live versus what you're saying mm-hmm. it is that action based versus speaking it into existence um going back to the idea of the bible and the metaphors you know i was just thinking about when jesus in the bible was tempted uh while he spent days in the wilderness from uh from the devil and now looking at it um you know i understand that it's that devil is your alter ego your devil your devil is the idea that when and, and they've proven this multiple times is that fasting brings about stuff that just nowhere else will you experience. You can fast for a day. And mm-hmm. I just watched this thing from Jordan Peterson about half the time that people fight is because they're hungry. They have proven that if you fast one day a week, it's actually very healthy for your body. It's like cleaning house yes. on all of the bad uh, fats and things that your body's trying to process because it, it, it doesn't have intake. So now it's like, all right, let's pick all these different things out from your body and use it yeah, as energy. Getting the toxins. Yeah. Yeah. It's getting rid of the toxins. Same thing with sweat. That's why people go into saunas. It pushes out all of that stuff. Well, that's that idea from that story. The devil was also Jesus in that story. It's the idea that he was fasting and he started getting tempted the hungrier and weaker that he got physically And instead of letting that happen, he continued to persevere because everybody knows good things are not what make you strong. Bad things and making it through them and reacting to it correctly, that is what gives you strength the next time you find opposition. It's exactly what you said earlier about, you know, the the demon on your shoulder, it starts talking at you and you tell it, no, I'm not going to do that. And then over time, it just stops speaking. You're strong enough that you don't even hear that shit anymore. That's the same idea. The more that you go through all of this and you have, whether it be the inner devil trying to get you to do stuff or outer devils that you process in the world, all of that ends up coming to that 24 hour cycle where if you're doing what you're supposed to do, you grow and you can. And I heard a saying a long time ago, everybody grows every day, no matter what they try to do. It's up to you, the direction of that growth that you take, it, it will either be negative or positive. Everybody knows that if um, I think it says in the Bible, Bible, idle hands of the devil's workshop in that idea, if you're doing nothing, you're falling. If you're doing the bad things, you're reversing, but you will be growing some way or another every day. And it is up to you what trajectory that is that you're taking. Yeah. Yeah. Everything is about movement. That's the kingdom is life and energy. And so we want to, we want to, like you said, use that and as, as fuel to, uh, to bring about the life that, that we desire on earth. And, you know, that changes, it changes over time that the things that we desire, you know, as we, as we learn lessons and as we learn empathy and, and as we learn to share and, you know, um, I say we, but it, it should, it's supposed to, we're supposed to evolve. And as we evolve individually, when we do it, enough of us, 
the, the collective begins to evolve too. So this ascension that's happening in a spiritual awakening, if you want to call it that, um, it happens on an individual level. It starts happening in more and more people as you begin to vocalize it and, and other people are, are being awakened to different things that it took to wake them up, whatever that may be globally. Um, then we begin to do it as a collective. And so there's things that, um, that, that, that we, uh, as, as, as a, a people, we used to be okay with. And we look back at us like, what, what, what were we thinking? And we do that with our own, own lives, but let's look at slavery. What were we thinking, man? I, ca I can't fathom slavery right now. I just can't. And, and that's me, but I have a 17-year-old daughter. Like, she, she can't fathom it. There's no way she could. You know, I'm right. a little bit closer to it, but, and, but I still can't fathom it. Her, and as we move further away, you guys did what? You guys had people <laughs> chained up in, your, in the room and you fed them pig guts? And you slept with them at when you were horny, like you did what there, you did this to people. Yeah, we did it to people. They deserved it. They were slave. They sold their they, people make up all kinds of excuses, but it's right. like, man, we, so that is ascension. People look at like where we are now and all oh, the, our leaders and there's so much evil going on. It's like, yeah, we are, we're taking steps though, man. Like every time somebody wakes up and the, and the collective, we all take a step forward all of us and the leaders and whatever the hell they're doing these people or if you want to call them that that's a small percentage that that they're called the 1% for a reason that's not they don't speak for us you know just because you know the tech companies and what what we see in television they know you know it's keeping people asleep and it's making people you know uh, uh fight and all that kind of stuff but man i think i i have a hope for humanity man and we are we are taking steps forward, you know? Well, yeah, and I think, well, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Nah. Okay. I'll go. Uh, yeah. But the, the whole, Oh, I can't believe you did that. You know, slavery that's happening now. We're all slaves now. That's when I look at it, I'm like, it, we're all kind of, yeah, we have nicer houses and nicer accommodations and we have cars, but we're all still slaves. We're still being used. Like I said earlier, as, batteries we're all still being mm -hmm. harvested like it's in a different way we're not picking cotton out of the fields whatever but we're still i'm doing my day job and that my might as well be picking cotton i actually might rather do that because at least i'd well, be sure but i mean you're careful, conscious, Joe, of, I, it, I, you're, you're I, conscious I, of it you know that there's a there's a difference when i when i had that conversation i i do this this I, this is my living I turned I, I, it, I turned this into my live. I love life. I used to loathe it. I used to hate my job. I hated, you know, I came home and did podcasts and wrote music. And, you know, w when I got home, I wrote as much as I could on, on the jobs. But like, imagine you creating a, you know, your, your own utopia. Like if you have that vision of what life is supposed to be, we got to at least try to bring that into this reality to, to be an example of, of what's possible for, for other people. And again, the more that we do that, the more of, Hey man, you can get a robot to do what I was doing. I don't need to be there doing that. Let me do podcasts. Let me do music for like the epiphany I had on my dead end job that I worked for over 10 years uh, by default. I just landed there. The epiphany was, man, I'm driving the truck for 40, 50 hours a week. What if I was podcasting for 40, 50 hours a week? God, what can I get accomplished? What if I was yeah. writing music for 40 hours a week? I, that, I, I didn't know how, to, know how to fathom that. 
But now I was like, let me see what I can do to bring that into my reality. And it seems like it's way behind me. I'm getting old and this is a young man's game and you've got niche content. Not everybody listens to spiritual hip hop, but how can you do it? And so, um, yeah, we all, you know, people, we all got the same amount of time. We all have the same 24 hours. You all got the eight hour shift. You can, I, I can shovel, I can clean bathrooms for eight hours or I can write rap music for eight hours. I can, I can interview my freaking idols, pe- people I, I looked up to as a, as a kid. I can hit them up on Instagram and say, Hey man, will you, will you come on my podcast? Sure. I interviewed busy bone from bone thugs and harmony. Like I'm seven years old listening to his music. And now he's on my podcast and I'm talking to him about angels and spirituality. Like it becomes what we say it is. You know what I'm saying? And so whatever vision that we have that we can bring into this reality especially if it's helping people and you guys seem like y'all have like good hearts and good intentions. That's what it's about. It's our time. Like we get to say what it is and, and what it's evolving. So it's changing quick. Yeah. They're, they're holding on for dear life. They got us under control. We just, we're slaves. We just get to go home at night or whatever the case is. And if you don't pay your bills, there's machines, there's we're, we're, we're making strides. There's so much going on right now that I didn't think any of this was possible for me. I had given up on my dream. I'd given up that, that I was just, you know, I didn't graduate. I didn't, you know, whatever, but to recapture that dream and to, and to bring it into manifestation, that's a, ascension to recapture it and give and, and society and tells you that though. like not graduating, who cares? That's not a yeah, big deal. Yep, something yep. society wants to bring graduate. people down for. You have to go to college. You have to do this. You have to do that. Yeah, it's the I. headlines we read every day or the before headlines were a thing. It's what you hear from people's mouths every day. It's super annoying. But I did want to say, too, I've said this a couple of times on the show, but the Mark 1120 in the Bible, Jesus literally, it's the parable of the withered fig tree. Jesus tells us that we can do whatever we want if we ask for it in prayer. Yeah, whatever yeah. we believe, we can do it. So he tells us we can do anything we want. And that's never, I don't really hear that all the time in church or from the mainstream Christians, I guess. Yeah, they're just (laughs) talking about, you know, yeah, just, you know, uh, communion or whatever and your sins Mm -hmm. and you're going to hell. They don't say, Jesus told you you can literally do anything you want if you ask for it. Believe in your heart and have that faith as small as a mustard seed. So I don't know why more people aren't going around living their dreams. Instead, they're sequestering themselves into their homes, reading their Bible and thinking, I'm not mentioning any names here. No. So on uh, family members but um they're just living this life day to day and it's so draining and you don't have to do that you can still have spirituality and live your life no that's why i agree way more with uh uh, we'll get to you ben sorry i just have to get this out (laughs) i i agree way more with this christian mysticism because the christianity we grew up in without knowing our backstory buddy i know you don't but we can talk about it off air the uh the way we grew up was very fundamentalist and it's legalistic it was like it was a fear-based religion okay i'll I'll just put it that way it was it was fear-based and they're like at the same time they're saying if you don't believe this you're going to hell they were saying god has not given us the spirit of fear but of uh you know whatever the rest of that person power love and a sound mind there you go but at the same time they're saying that they're like if you don't believe this you're going to hell they're gonna scare you well and they'll always they'll sit there and they'll they'll preach free will but the idea that if you choose not to that means that you're getting punished so so that's free will or is it twisting your arm it's also the idea that's yeah 
it's also Paul says in Romans, he says, uh, I, and I can't remember how the verse starts out, but basically, uh, salvation is by faith, not of works for you are not your own. You're bought with a price, right? So in that idea, it's the idea that it's by faith and not of works, but at the same time, they'll cherry pick the verse that says you shall know them by their fruit. And therefore, if you're not producing the fruit that they believe is the fruit of a Christian, then you should doubt your salvation, which they also preach can't be lost. So they give this catch 22 to get you right in line into this little, as I would call it, a little Christian robot or as mm -hmm. the song goes, Christian soldiers. Um, and they, they expect you to be these little miniature figurines that all mirror each other rather than mirroring the light that is in you, which is unique and also taught by the Bible. So the way that I've, and I said this for years prior to this whole year, which has opened up my mind is I always said, I will never claim to be a Christian because I do not believe, even though it was only mentioned three times in the Bible, that term, I do not believe that that term means what has been taught through history to this point. As a matter of mm -hmm. fact, awful, That's awful true. things has been done in the name of Christianity. You can see that today on interviews with psychopaths. Why did you kill that person? God told me to. No. So the same, this same idea is what I always told people. As I said, we were taught that Christianity as not a religion, because religion is nothing more than a, more, than a handbook of moral codes and ethics, not as a religion, but a relationship. Yet if everybody practiced it as a relationship, then it would be different between every person. Mm -hmm. It would not be a cookie cutter Christian soldier, Christian robot, because all of us are different. My relationship with you is going to be different than your relationship with Jen or Joe. The same is true with God, because we have all had different experiences. And if you really follow the idea of the body of Christ and different roles to play, we are going to live different lives. We are going to shine that light in a different way, and it's going to manifest in different ideas. So this idea that you have to follow this cookie cutter idea is garbage. I don't claim to be a Christian because I think Christianity as a term, not necessarily in practice, but as a term is nothing more than a religion. When, if they practiced what the religion teaches, it wouldn't be a religion. It would be a relationship. And that's something that's private. That's personal. That isn't something that you go out and shove down people's throats. You don't force somebody to be friends or intimate relationships mm -hmm. with somebody else. You might suggest it. Or they might ask you about it. And that's all fine and good. But this whole idea that this is what Christianity is, and you have to do it this way, but it's not about this. Yet, if that doesn't come about, then that means you're not this is horseshit. I, 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 I reject yeah, all or, of that. Or if you listen to music that has a backbeat in it, then that's <laughs> somehow not Christian because that's what we take from the Bible is that that's not Christian. Yeah, it's, it's so subjective. That's, I think. Right. Uh, to summarize what you're well, I mean, very subjective. Yeah, it's about, again, bringing light. I mean, what we call things, they become, you know, even with the idea of, you know, the, the term that I, I, I go by, you know, Christian mystic, like a part of me just want, wants to even take the, obviously we go through this thing that we don't, we don't want to be called Christians, right? And we've all done it. I've done it. Many Christians do it. I'm more spiritual than I, but you're, but you're a, Bible believing, but the reason believe you want to do that way. is because you're aware of how people exactly. Oh, you're one of those guys. Yeah, and so, yeah, so I, I, you know, that too. it's like being called a conspiracy theorist. I used to hate that. I was yeah, like, I love it. Awful thing to say. <laughs> and now I'm like, no, no, I don't love it. I just don't care. I'm like, yeah, okay, yeah. if that's what you believe, that's totally yeah. fine. If that's how that makes you feel, great. 
-hmm. don't care about how you feel. I'm not going to let your thoughts negatively affect me in any way. So if you want to be called Christian or you love that term or you feel like it's close to you, be called that. And if someone has negative thought, just push it away. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we go through that. You know, we've all done it, whatever we don't want to be. You know, Peter did it in the Bible. Yep. Hey, are you with him? Nope, I'm not with him. Hey, bro, I thought you said you'd never leave me. They're fixing to kill me. Are you with him? Nope, I'm not with him. I told you you was going to deny me. You know, and so are you with, are you one of those Christians? Nope. But we see, that's the idea. We think we're with the church folks and not with Christ because everyone is with Christ. So essentially everybody, the Bible says that Jesus is the light of the world that lighteth every man that cometh into the world. Everyone has a spark within you as a spark of that light. Because we're made in his image. We all bear it, everyone. And so if you let your light go out, if you let your light dim, if you add more light to it, if you fan that flame, whatever. Um, But to say all that, to say like, part of me is like, I just kind of, you know, I I don't even, I want to even pull the mystic part off just so I can show them what Christianity is really supposed to look like. Because, oh, he's a Christian mystic. Like, no, listen, this is, I believe this is normal Christianity, man. Everything that we're talking about, obviously we've, we've had, we have a connotation. We know what they, we from that, that is us. Like it's our upbringing, but to love people, to, to love the unlovable, to show grace to those who don't deserve it. And we, we project that as that's other people. No, that's me because Christ showed grace to me when I didn't deserve it. So I have to, I have, I can only give you what, what has been given to me. And it, it is that grace is that peace. And, and love and and what we're talking about is normal and it sounds mystical and far out because it is but it's simplistic too i think it's normal christianity or at least I, what they taught in the scriptures i no you're good i i just talked about literally grace the yesterday with my boss we were having a uh, talk about some issues that are going on in the workplace and uh it spiraled onto other things and the first thing i said is i was like here's here's how i approach most things uh i have been given grace when I didn't deserve it, which is the definition of grace. If you if you deserve something and it's bad and you didn't just not get what you deserved in, you can call it a punishment or a consequence, but actually you've received the opposite. You received an overload of grace where it's you are not being rewarded, but something good. And you're like, oh, now you're dealing with your own conscious and conscience and your own morality because you're like, I didn't deserve that. This happens to all of us, whether or not you want to admit it, whether or not you've been able to recognize it. This has happened to everybody. So how much more should you not give every person grace as a default and love as a default to you don't know what that person's day has been like. You don't know what their childhood was like. You don't know anything about them necessarily. How much more should you not live in grace? And there's a whole acronym for it. God's riches at Christ's expense. Everything that you do should involve grace and love because that is the spark. That is what cannot be replicated in action. It is something that again goes into that energy. It all is something that we give to people. You don't even have to say a word. It can come in the form of a touch on the shoulder, little things like that. Those are all things that are practiced. And the more you practice them, the more that people see it. And I don't mean see it with their eyes necessarily. I mean, they see it in you. It's that light. That is what people see. Yeah. yeah and it, it like you were saying, it's, it's things that go unseen. Like, I don't, you're walking across the sidewalk and you notice an ant and you don't just step on it. 
would you do that on purpose anyway no not on purpose. <laughs> that's what i mean like you're just walking along like what ben was talking about living in grace or whatever it's every little thing you do not like being anal it's, about it it's because it takes effort so people yeah, are yes. lazy by nature so like you, what you were saying earlier She's saying about, way better what I was about demons say. how we're personifying it into a demon is just kind of our human kind of shitty nature where it's we'll be we like, understand you know, it, it, it's a lot easier to go meh at someone if we're upset <laughs> instead of taking a minute calming down and then approaching something with a much cooler demeanor you know it, that takes work and a lot of people don't want to do that work. And it's because but we have to do that. There's as no a payoff for most people. Like there's most people are like, what's the payoff for me? Nobody's going to see I, I know, did this. Am I going to post it on selfish, Instagram? You know, you like, know? yeah. That's well, the so Bible says bad. do it in your closet. And the closet is another <laughs> allegory. The, it's the idea that you're. <laughs> shut the fuck. Better just get in the closet, take care of it and go mow. Um, no, the idea. <laughs> the idea is, is that you do it in your closet, meaning out of you because you're not doing it to be seen. You're doing it to give out the good that you have received time and time again when you didn't deserve it, to give it back to the world, to give it back to that energy that ends up getting recycled. It's that idea that you aren't doing it for the praise of men, for people to see. You're doing it because it's the right thing to do, That which goes into integrity and character, doing it regardless of who sees it, which is, goes into the Pharisees. They did things only so that people could see it because exactly. they valued the right. praise of men more than karma. Uh, you know, any of that stuff that you want to, that all goes towards that's that, lazy that, too, that cycle. Though. It's so lazy. Absolutely. It's gratification. Thing. That's, yes. Want, want yes. That. So bad. Well, that, but that it's, goes, it's so oh, much harder. Sorry. No, it's just so much harder to feel the joy from doing something that goes unseen and just loving it on your own and knowing that it's the right thing to do. There's, I'm not saying I, we do that kind of, I mean, I'm not saying now I'm making it known, but we're no, recording. We, we do nice things and just do things and try to live life like normal people. But it's, it's not that rewarding to people who just live their life on Instagram, like you were saying, or Twitter and just need that. They like, need 500 like. likes. Yes, exactly. My daughter does that sometimes. She says, oh, yeah. oh, I posted this on Instagram and I got 200 likes in this amount of time. And I was I told her, I said, this isn't, I hope you don't want to live your life this way. This was like five <laughs> years ago too, when she was nine or 10 years old and she was so excited that she put out Musical.ly, it's old TikTok. She made a Musical.ly and it got a thousand likes from people who were, they had like the blue check mark, or like the blue check mark of Twitter, but like for, for TikTok, <laughs> they were like verified users and she was so excited about it. And I was like, that's not, that's cool, but it's not super important i just want it's you to cool know. if it not happens and it's not your goal yeah it's cool if it happens and it's not your goal but that should not be your goal because once you get it it's like well then what's the next thing it's never going to be right. enough it's, it's it's okay to think it's cool but i just don't want that to be like what's driving you right in life right. that's all like i wouldn't hate it if someone if we got a thousand likes on an instagram post or whatever i'd be like oh sweet like we have that many people who love us. That's super nice. But no, it, it definitely wouldn't go farther than that. I wouldn't live my life based on that. And I feel like she would, though, because she's well, so It's kind of like Trusinko was saying earlier, like, where the little things you do that aren't pharisaical, to get all biblical again, the little things you do that are not meant for other people's eyes, like you know in you, in you that this is something only you know, that you did this thing. It's so satisfying to yourself because you're like 
it's it's double satisfying because you're like, I did this cool thing. I know it was a good thing to do, and nobody fucking knows I did it except me. But nobody has the confidence in themselves to love themselves. A lot of people don't love themselves enough to care about what they do. Well, and then you end up a lot of times that is coming back around where if you know somebody and you give them a gift and you just don't sign it, but you know that they needed it and you know that they would have rejected it if they knew it came from you because, right. you know, they don't they, they don't want your pity or, you know, whatever, whatever selfish nature that is, is you get them a gift and they needed it really bad and they open it up and it's like they've been praying for it for however many months because they couldn't afford it or whatever. And then you get to see that and you know that they don't know it was you. That's also one of the blessings to you to know yeah. that you got to see the repercussions of never, ever taking credit for that. But you That's got to see to how much it affected money. their life. It would be so great to have so much money that I could just like sprinkle fart dust blessings oh on everybody and be like, you have no idea who this is from, I, but I could sit but, back but, and watch it. We don't need like, money. Uh, we need a lot of eggs. I want to have things, that <laughs> people, not money. I, we just need things to give people like things they need. Like, vitamins the, the, well there, there's like uh and and everything what you just said about you know you, you said the magic word which is delayed gratification that's what I, that's yeah. what all of this is about like going to yep. the gym like keeping uh, the tally eating, eating healthy delayed gratification like there's so much food that would taste better and it would it would comfort me right now you know but <laughs> but i'm not going to do that i'm going to put it off because in three months and six months I'm going to have something to show for it. That's saving. That's uh, doing those good deeds. And, um, you know, it delayed gratification, actually a book on magic when it, it really came true to me just a couple of years ago, uh, Manly P hall, somebody I really look up to his work. He has a book called magic uh, just goes into white, black, and gray. It's a little pamphlet. And, but at the end, he just talks about this delayed gratification back in like the seventies when he wrote that. And uh, it was, you know, all, everything was like magical, esoteric, but it's like, hey, don't live for today, live for tomorrow, make sure that you plant that seed that's going to come into fruition. And the way he broke it down was just amazing. And it made me examine, you know, everything about my life that was this instant gratification. We want likes, we want this, we want that versus like, I'm going to do something that's going to, you know, my, my children are going to be blessed, you know, other people are going to be blessed, or I might not even get to see it. You know, you mentioned, helping somebody and then we get to see it that's cool that does something for us but what about the ones that you get to help and you don't get to see it you know and i don't think it takes a lot of money maybe a little bit of extra here and there um like to pay for a random person's you know food and, and not even tell them you know a lot of christians will do that but they'll make a scene hey uh, god wanted me to pay for your food today kind of thing <laughs> they'll put it on tiktok they're like <laughs> look at me yeah, being yeah. so nice look exactly. how I am. and uh and so like do it to where you just pull the waitress to the side and to just to know like what joy you brought those people and, and to know yeah. that like if it's a young couple i remember it's, you know and here's my accolades or whatever you take it away because we're talking about it right you know a, a young couple eating with a baby you know what i'm saying like a, like a toddler little baby and it's a young couple they got to be 19 20 18 young couple and it's like you know what I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna pay for them are you sure yeah i'm gonna pay for them and i'm gonna Remember to tip the waitress when you're paying. If it's a different waitress, give tip her too. And so tipped her and walked out. And I just remember, like I seen me as the mirror. Those kids were a mirror of when me and my wife were young and somebody paid for, for our meal or when somebody didn't pay for our meal. 
It's like, you know, we only got $20 to our name. Let's go out and have a good dinner. Let's go out and go to the restaurant and hopefully we can have waters or share, share waters. Like, you know what I'm saying? Or share a Coke or something. It's like, we got to make sure we budget just to do it. Like I got to pay it forward. I got to sew this into somebody's life because they're going to, you know, that movie pay it forward. Like it's literally, they're going to keep, you know, that, that blessing is going to keep going. And so I really believe in that. And so people, there are small things that we can do. We want it to be a big grandiose thing, but you know, I got friends who are like in the church and stuff and they're like, brother, I believe that the Lord's going to make me a millionaire so I can build a, an orphanage and, and help the homeless. I was like, bro, you can like, you know, like on Wednesdays, very complex. Yeah. On like <laughs> Wednesday, some of them are homeless by choice. Right. Um, on Wednesdays, back in the day, like Sonic used to sell 25 cent hamburgers, 25 cent hamburgers. And we would like get four or five dollars and buy 20 hamburgers and we just go hand them out. If you're, you're waiting to get the blessing before you start helping people, once you if you get the blessing or once you get it, you're probably not going to help people. It's probably you're probably going to keep pushing it out further and further. something bigger and bigger and bigger. It's like, what do I have right here right now? I got a little bit of water. I've got an ink pen. Maybe I can write a note to somebody. You know, I can do something that is going to bring a smile to somebody's face who's having a rough day. And we know a little goes a long way. You know, those little random acts of kindness, whatever we can do, you know. Well, and that's all right. Just like just like she was saying with, you know, that thousand likes on whatever post it is that you're getting. Once you get it, it's not enough. If, if all you're doing is going out to bless someone so that you can feel good about yourself or get a blessing yourself, once you get it, you're probably going to stop because the goal wasn't to help people. The goal was to get what you wanted out of it eventually. Uh, right be before seen. Thing- yeah, be seen. Right before Thanksgiving. That's the ultimate I- argument. Yeah, go ahead. Keep going. Oh, uh, right before Thanksgiving. And I, I haven't ever said anything about this since it happened. I'm, I'm not looking for outlaw or anything like that. Uh, I went through a Starbucks line. I was going to grab a couple of drinks for somebody and myself. And as I'm going, I remember that this particular Starbucks that I went through, which is a terrible company. I don't know why I went there. Um, this, this particular uh, location, years and years ago when I was a kid and it first got put up around the holidays, we would drive through it. And one time we went through it and we got up to the window and the lady said, hey, the people in front of you uh, paid for your drinks. Would you like to pay for the people behind you? It's kind of that Russian roulette. You don't know what they ordered and they don't know what you ordered. So you Can might you be paying a lot more, but it's not the point. Yeah, it might be like you're paying for $150. Like $100. They're like, your tab <laughs> so, is 150 So like I ended up getting up to the window and, and my tab was like 18 bucks. And then the person behind me was like 13 And all I did, I didn't ask what it was. All I did was like, I came up and I said, hey, I'd like to put the person behind me. Because I was thinking about like 20 years ago when this happened to us. And I'm like, hey, uh, put the other person's tab on me. And she, I didn't ask how much it was. And so she gave me the bill. I swiped it, didn't look at it. And I said, make sure that you tell them the car in front of them said, happy Thanksgiving. I didn't wait. I didn't know. I didn't see the car. I didn't. All I knew is that there was headlights behind me and I left. And I remember when 20 years ago when that happened, my mom, my mom asked the lady in the window, she goes, does this continue? And she goes, oh yeah, it's already been going on an hour and a half. For an hour and a half, they had a consistent line and everybody was paying for the person behind them. And I'm like, all it took was that first person. It took that Mm -hmm. first person who didn't see the hour and a half of 
people continuing to do it over and over again. And every person yeah. who did it didn't know the person behind them. They didn't see the fucking person behind them. They just did it and left regardless of price. And I'm it's like, really nice at that point, honestly, because Starbucks is still getting their money and they're all still paying. <laughs> so like no one's really getting a good deal. Well, no, it's the idea that they may not. It's the idea. It's, it's the idea that the person behind you may just take oh, the freebie yeah. and not continue. And yeah. they get a break that day, even if it's mm -hmm. just that one person. They yeah. and that's that's the only reason why I did it was I'm like, I'm not expecting them to pay for the person behind them. My idea was to pay for that person so that they get a free drink today or fucking whatever. Right. But obviously it ends up getting paid forward a lot of the time. And it takes that one person. And the next thing you know is you see an hour and a half of people that are willing to pay that forward automatically because unexpectedly they got a little bit of it. And they went, you know what? That was really nice. Maybe I'll end up paying more for the person behind me, but it's worth it just for the sake of letting possibly the person behind me not have to pay anything. Yeah, and maybe the person behind you, who knows? Maybe they didn't have enough money in their account and they didn't know that either. And they show up and their card yeah. gets declined. But the person behind them just had a hot chocolate and it was 90 cents or whatever. And they were like, yay. And who they knows? were like, do you want to pay for the car behind you? And they're oh, never mind. Nope, you just go. Forget it. We'll <laughs> over again with that person. <laughs> uh, the people behind you are catering. Um, I don't know if you'd like to do that. No, I get it though. It's a it's a really good idea. It's just the idea of being kind and not being selfish. Just not being selfish, not focusing on what you can get and what you yeah, need yeah. and taking first or taking the last thing. You know, well, just worrying about, about everyone the, else uh, first. The altruism argument where it's really hard, especially now, to be altruistic because everything is so online. Everything's recorded. You're yeah. on video all the fucking time. It's really hard to be legitimately altruistic because yeah. and even if you're doing something completely of you know your own well own free will first of all but also literally the best intent ever yeah somebody yeah. could take a video of that and be like oh they're doing it because they're fucking on instagram yeah. know, but you, know? you have to you have <laughs> to just let that go though that's part of the i, I get it that process of enlightenment is letting well, that go well that would be part of it too is the person that actually did whatever said deed is like okay whatever but yeah. it's it's so hard I took up money to do it be painted that way yeah i like i like took up money from like my audience and stuff because like i remember seeing those videos and and like hey man here's 500 dollars. oh my god and they start breaking out crying i was like oh wow that really well here's a hundred ball we're gonna pick up a homeless guy and we're gonna take him we're gonna get him bathed we're going to get them a new outfit. We're going to take them out to eat steak. We're going to buy them a hotel for three nights. And I watched those videos and I cry and I'm like, wow, I wish I can do that. I don't have that money. So I was like, Hey, let me put this out to my followers. Like, Hey guys, I want to shoot one of those videos. And if you guys will donate, I'll film it. And I'll mention you or your company or whatever at the end. And, you know, and yeah, it's going to be on film. I'm not getting any brownie points or, or cool points for doing it because it's not my money. I can't afford to do this. So yeah. you, it's right. Not you're not money. keeping any of it. Exactly. So, but I was the one in the, in the video. Right. But I read everybody's name off at the end, but yeah, I, I did that a couple of times and uh, we, we raised a thousand dollars and did it with the homeless Ooh. guy and, uh, and took him out and literally took him out to have margaritas and heard his story and just found a random guy hitchhiking and, it was real weird, but uh, it was fun. We got him a haircut. <laughs> we got him a hotel. We put like $500 in his pocket and, he was a man of few words, but we did it. And it was, it was a cool experience. And then, 
you know, we did that one. Then we got another $500 right after. And I, I gave that to a, a, um, just a young waitress. I say, like, Hey, I think, uh, you know, God wanted me to give this to you. And I, we did and we filmed it, you know, we put it online, we filmed it. So there's the thing, why you got to film it? And that's most of the comment, not most of them, a lot of them. Why did you have to film it? But you had to film it. Why'd you film it? It's like, cause I had to think about that too. Okay. Why are you filming it? Don't let your right hand know what your left hand's doing. But when we look at the videos and show them the police wreck video, show them the cop getting gunned down in the street, he'll click that one, you know, like, hold on. We need to combat it with some beautiful videos. Cause like yeah. th- there's all kinds of, I try to make it a challenge, bless a homeless person, give a per like, let's make this popular. Let's make this famous. If you film it, guess who don't care? the damn homeless person who got a, a fresh haircut and $500 in his pocket or whatever. Maybe if you think you're a spectacle and all in their face and stuff like that, but still he got, he got blessed at the end of the day, but there's a lot more videos that I've seen that were negative trends, the condom challenge. You guys remember that I snort a condom up your nose and pull it out your mouth and all the, the tie pod challenge, the knockout challenge film yourself running up and punching a random person in the face and see if you can knock them out. They're yeah, punching go, old ladies. Go, go, eat old Tide Pod. go eat a Tide Pod and fuck yeah. off. Yeah, no, that's, a, that's awesome. It, putting videos out there, whether you're getting credit for it or not, you're not yeah, doing yeah. it for some sort of goal other than, hey, you guys can do this too. Why don't exactly. you start your own site and go help a homeless person or go do this, go do that. But you can film it or not, but you filming it is getting that out to the community, getting that out to the world, showing them, hey, here's some great stuff you can do instead of eating a fucking Tide bot and dying. I don't know. Well, that comes back well, to the, uh, the intention versus perception, which we've talked about ad nauseum. But there's the intent behind what you're doing and the way that you know it's going to be fucking perceived. So you could do this all with the greatest intent ever, but there's going to be those people, those trolls that perceive it as, you know, whatever they want to perceive it as. And those are the ones you got to be like, okay, whatever, perceive it however you want. My intent was pure, so fuck off, you know? Yep. That's all you can do. You don't even have to say fuck off. You can say nothing. You can be like, delete. You can also say, out of my head. Fuck off. I I like that. It's a good fuck off. Hey, I wanted to ask you really quick. I know we're kind of running short on time, but uh, so you were talking about it was a while ago, but talking about the court process that happens Mm -hmm. during the night between 12 and four. What do you think about dreams? So with people having dreams, bad dreams, I didn't want to interrupt you, but I was like, Mm -hmm. ooh, because I have some crazy (laughs) dreams and I know a lot of people do, too. But just between that time, it's when we're in REM sleep or whatever you want to call it. So um, I personally think there's a possibility we go to different dimensions and live different lives and dreams. I have kind of a weird thought process on that. But anyway, but with with not letting things go, how do you think that affects our dreams and where we possibly yeah. go? Yeah. Um, the idea of, of confessing your sins and like making peace and making amends while the before the sun goes down. Is so the conscious individual, the awakened person will deal with their stuff in, in the light. So because if you don't, you're still going to have to deal with it anyway. You don't get a pass. You got to deal with it when you lay your head on your pillow. I think so you're going to save me of, from having lots of nightmares. Sorry. Keep for going. sure. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you yeah, if you like you, it's it's chastising, it's it's uh, man, I know I shouldn't have took the money out the cookie jar. Now you're having dreams about you know, cookies, 
You know, every you, you know, there's everywhere you go, somebody's handing you a cookie. And that cookie obviously is symbolic. It reminds you of, damn it, I took that money. And if I want to stop having this nightmare, maybe I need to put the money back, maybe give a little extra and boom, a fit something I did in the physical reality changed the dreams that I was having. It's so meditation, prayer, it really is about contemplation. It's about yes or no. And so we get to we get to hack the dream state. That's what meditation is. We're hacking the dream state and we're going into contemplation and your and stuff comes up. Childhood fears and forgiveness. And why did you do that? And now what are you going to do? Are you going to ask for forgiveness? Are you going to, how can you live with yourself? I mean, this whole process of going, whatever happens when we meditate or when we go to sleep. So I think that when we deal with that stuff during the day, we're, if we, do the inner work and we champion the inner work, which a lot of people are doing now. And it's good. Um, we're privy to different things when we sleep. You're not worried about the cookie jar stuff because you've been dealt with that. You're not worried about, you know, dad wasn't in my life my whole life and it made me the person I am. Okay. What's that? I, I got to own up. I'm going to heal. I'm going to do what I got to do and not be that to my kids, whatever. I'm going to deal with it. So we're in this inner process of doing it. So when we do tap into those realms, there's stuff you got to deal with first to be privy to more because there's deeper stuff. There is ascension. There is light. There's, hey, there's layers of it that's hid that you can only, when you're ascending consciously, spiritually, whatever, emotionally, morally, there's levels to all of this it, and they all have to ascend. You can't just ascend morally and your spiritual life is down here. You, right. you can't just ascend spiritually, like but your moral life is jacked up. They have to all rise together so the more that we're doing that inner work we're privy to new stuff spiritually uh metaphysically whatever it is that is your heart's desire some people don't care about that stuff it, it's un unlocked in different things for them but whatever your conscious mind brings to you and so um you unlock different stuff the stuff that you can't take with you to the next level you can't take bitterness you guys podcast a blow up like literally you can work and, and bust your ass and, and have the best mic and the best equipment and the best stuff. But it's like God gives the increase. Like if you're submitted to that process, when you're ready, nobody has any say so. No network, no label, no algorithm, nothing. When it's time for, for you've done everything you're supposed to do and you've watered it and it's got sunlight and you're protecting it and you're making sure that, listen, when we we're ready. We're ready for the next level. We're ready to for an audience. We're, we're going to protect them. We're going to speak life. We're not going to like what happens when you get there and somebody says, hey, so and so's hot, man, blah, blah, blah. And then you'll just flip out and curse this person. There's things that you got to like. There's maturity levels that we got to We have to we have to go to. And I know I've been there with all kinds of, of things in my life. And so um, to get to the next levels, we got to deal with the stuff that is heavy, the denser, lower nature, animalistic stuff that can't go up to the higher levels. Cause if it, if it does, pride comes into your life, pride cometh before a fall and you get up there, your character, your, uh, your, your charisma and your money and your Facebook ads and all that kind of stuff got you to a place that your character couldn't keep you. And you come crashing down and you, you were, you got there illegally. You put yourself there. You became a Lucifer. Yeah, yeah it's like a fraud. Well, in in the in the bad analogy, you got well, there and you you wasn't you wasn't ready for it. 
You are and a thief. It, I mean, it, it says in the Bible, and it, people have been using it for a long time, the idea that don't let the sun go down upon your wrath. There's a reason why it has that in particular is because that kind of ill feeling uh, will carry over to the next day. It is a building block and it is a negative one and it yeah. will permeate your dreams. It will permeate your mm. emotional status where I know multiple people who they start a new job and within two days, they're having nightmares about their job. Uh, this has been proven multiple times, whether it be through meditation or whatnot, that PTSD, the most affected time is at night during their dreams, because those are mental and emotional roadblocks that yeah. they do not or can't haven't yet been able to find the strength to get through. One of my best friends at the time, he had PTSD from uh, his tour in Iraq. And he goes, you know, what's funny is I never saw combat. I think I shot my gun out of the Humvee a couple of times into just the distance to return fire. He goes, but I never saw any carnage or anything. He goes, but you know what really fucked with me is my dreams. He goes, because it took situations that were fine when we were out there and it placed things that never happened. And I couldn't wake up it, the idea of mortars going off in a field next to him. But in the dream, his mom and sister are running out into the field and he can't go out there because as a soldier, when he was there, that's not what he would do. And so he'd watch his sister and his mom go around and there was nothing he could do about it. He'd wake up and have to take medication for it because that was the only way he could get his rest. And they've been able to prove uh, through meditation. They've been able to prove through psilocybin um, and many other things uh, that it can actually help treat PTSD because it invokes the ability to almost organically transcend by forcing their hand into having to see these things through different lights that they yeah. never got to see before and actually deal with them. And they come back down. Uh, you know, Joe's mentioned it several times. You, you come down from a, a good trip and it's called the afterglow. And uh, they've been able to treat a lot of people with these issues. And there's when, you know, Jen's original question about this coming into what, how it affects your dreams in that witching hour. It's like, that's, exactly what you said it's everybody and you, it, it's it's like a role-playing game you can't level up until all your stats increase together yeah you can't just take one and blast through it you're going to hit a roadblock at some point because you have all these other weak areas it's never going to work like that yep it's good yeah so we got to wrap up here because ben's got to go to work i have to go to work like every show ending <laughs> we all got to go to work uh Fuck, it sucks to say that after such a great show, you know. Yes. But before we wrap no, up, that was though, a good one. This was long. I love it. I but, know. But, yeah. And get, the chat was super quiet. I think people have been fucking hanging on to this one. I know. So yeah. before we get out of here, though, love all you like guys. Always end with what's going on. Where are we going? What's happening? We want your prophecies in the next six months to a year. Like what? What do you? What see? happens when you die? This is all subjective. Like, what? What do you feel? What? What's coming from your gut? What's going on in the next, you know, couple mm -hmm. of years? Um, yeah, I think we're going through uh, changes as a as, as a people. We're evolving, and there's things that we can't take with us. Again, like as spiritually that we're doing, there's things for me on the next level I can't take with me. I can't take bitterness and judgment with me. I can't take racism with me. I can't take these jokes i can't take there's things i can't take with me i just can't they'll be used against me in the court of law there's your court ah. stuff right uh so there's things i can't take with me that uh, god won't allow me and same thing for you guys there's stuff that you know character flaws and stuff like that so that what's going on on the 
uh, micro is going on in the macro as well, you know, with Ascension. So I think that us as a people, there's things that there's next levels for us and there's, and we can't take stuff with us. And we're going through uh, a time of, of growth and a time of, you know, uh, growing pains where, you know, people are, people are scared and, and people are, um, what, what has been normal is, is being changed and power is being taken away from certain people and given in other directions. So people are fighting and holding on and we're living in, in, in interesting times. We're living in interesting days for sure. But um, I, I do believe in, in, in a better future. I do believe that, that, that we can create, um, you know, the life that we want, even if it's only within our heads, even if it's only within our families, we can aspire to uh, whatever belief that we want to to bring into this this realm that hopefully has some some positivity and that's what I'm going to do you know I don't I don't you know care what what the devil is doing the, the devil keeps creating new ways to be wicked and to do evil and th- there'll never be an end to that there'll always have to be the vice and versa the um up and down left and right um that's yin and well yang so th- that's that's going on I, but I do think that we're go- we're we're go into places and we're evolving spiritually and uh you know in, in the realm of technology as well and i think that uh you know it, it is scary it's, it's strange and um but I, I hope to be here i hope to make it you know and, and be around a little bit longer to get to see this stuff happen and to be a a, a vessel of of hope and uh and change and inspiration to people so and i hope you we all get to make it in uh with 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 this strange world that we're living in now but i do believe in 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 the afterlife i do believe that energy cannot die light cannot die it only transmutes it only takes shape and it can be captured into vessels like it's captured into these bodies right now so bring light to your body be a good person do good help people uh be an inspiration and help others see the light and uh and with that you'll never die awesome couldn't wrap it up better myself perfect like usual, but uh, what, where can we find you? Where can our listeners find you? I mean, yeah. give your shameless altruistic plugs. Yes, sir. Uh, <laughs> I don't do this. I don't, uh, I do this for book sales to let you know, to, to feed starving children, uh, starving children being my daughter. Uh, I got a, I got a book out um, uh, called spirit realm angels, demons, spirits, and the sovereignty of God. Uh, Jordan Maxwell wrote the forward that gave oh. the endorsement. So uh, that's, oh, that's, that's my, my, my big thing. I'm promoting the book and, um, you can p- check it out at truthseeker.com or at Amazon. Um, everything that we talked about is, is I talk about the witching hour. I talk about, uh, Satan and Lucifer and Jesus and the demons being, um, having a purpose and angels and aliens and psilocybin and my healing experience and, and capturing my dreams. Uh, by the use of, of psilocybins um, mixed with the book, The Alchemist. And those two are like a combination to, to make me chase my dreams and uh, found out I was able to chase them without chasing them away. So you can go to truthseeker.com, check out the book, my podcast, my music, all that cool stuff is there at truthseeker.com. Awesome. Dude, thank you so much. This is awesome. Yeah, we you. we have to have you back again. To, Anytime, man. I enjoyed it. Maybe more focused uh we actually like whatever weird fucking, you know, just go wherever it goes. You guys were able to follow me, though. That was awesome. Like, that's so good, you know? Yeah, this is we how we think. That's why we're all like, huh? Because we're, we're very spiritual, but we're kind of misguided spiritual. Like, they were raised super religious. I wasn't, but I kind of was. We have this whole weird background. But now we're 
enlightened in a way, but we're, we know that we don't know anything and we're very humble. Sure. So yes. we're like, okay, like we don't know shit, but we are kind of spiritual. So having someone like you on who knows a lot more is very helpful. No, we connect I'm, more. I'm, I'm, I'm just, I just have, we all have a piece, you know, we all have a little bit of light that we just bring into the table. I don't claim we're to be an expert at all. Thank well, you. I mean, no, no, you weren't, but it, you were to us. Like you were to me. Like Solomon said, the more that I learn, the more I realize I don't know. It's all fucked up. Like, yeah, the more you learn, the more you go, oh, oh I, I thought I was getting somewhere. And I realized I just I went like this to the tip of the iceberg. Now it's like, oh, shit. I just opened up a whole can of whoop ass of stuff I don't know anything about. Shit. Now I got hours of this research. Is a callback. This is this is why people give up, though. They're like, oh, oh, too much, too much, too much. I'm just <laughs> going to go eat mozzarella sticks and watch TV and follow the news. <laughs> and get yeah. Bye. Ben just like, flicked the tip. He just flicked the tip of the dick. I work with retards. <laughs> all I'm allowed to do. All right. Thanks, everybody, on the live stream. We appreciate it. Thanks, everybody, Thanks, on the free stream. Thank you, everybody. We love you barnacles as well. But we will catch you next week for another show. Thanks, everybody. Bye. All right. We're not live. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.